Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You can feel the passion, the emotion. And Dortmund against all the odds are European champions. Hey Borussia fans, welcome to Believe in Borussia, your podcast about Borussia Dortmund, episode number 37. My name is Tilo. let's get right to it. The Classica is casting its shadow, and while ultras from Munich to Dortmund probably cringe at the label of the Classica, I find it quite fitting to be honest, and it's nice that it has a moniker here in the States that... Everyone knows it's Bayern Munich versus Borussia Dortmund time. And it's, of course, the biggest game in the Bundesliga. It's not the biggest derby, especially not if you're a Dortmund fan. But um, let's be real with um, our blue neighbors taking, you know, a year of absence in the second division. And really the league being a one and a half horse race, if you want to be so bold. Um, this game probably shows the most of the talent and uh, has the highest stakes in the league period so normally people gravitate to it and for some that are just getting into it i think it's obvious um a great choice to kind of yeah get into the bundesliga and get into the teams and have a look so but before we do that just a quick word from our sponsor rear crick over at bet online because it's super easy to get started you can just head over to the website today Use your mobile device to join and use a promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your, and here it comes, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You may just use it for the Classica. Bet online, where the game starts. So here we are, Classica time again, Bayern Munich versus Borussia Dortmund. And I am semi-enthused. I don't know about you, but I am... Um, not as thrilled as with some of the other meetings that we had in the past. And I'm not referring to the record necessarily. It's more, there doesn't seem a lot to gain for Borussia Dortmund, but much to lose. Um, so, yes, I'm kind of semi-excited about it. Let's say Borussia wins, then Bayern Munich would still have to, I think, lose every other game, the last three that they have. And Dortmund has to win all of their games from out here to crown himself champion doesn't sound super likely let's say Borussia Dortmund wins emphatically while that would be nice um, but it would also feel a little bit of a wasted opportunity or a wasted chance giving that in the past an emphatic win in Munich would have actually made a difference in the league standings or in the championship race and I suspect not a lot of the team will be there next season. So it's also not a case of, oh, here they come and they're growing. And then next year, you know, they just huddle up again. No, I actually suspect we will see quite a few new faces. So there isn't really that much um, to take away from that either. Like in terms of just a test that the teams have and, and kind of know maybe for... Um, when the situation is a little closer, oh, we can get them because again, it will be different players. So the other way around, well, a tie, I guess that would be 
an outcome that's okay for everyone, sort of like a, a gentleman's sweep in a way, because Bayern would still become champion, just not this weekend, um, which would work for me. And yeah, you know, Borussia Dortmund can save face, but I suspect Bayern, after also having some crappy weeks and very dodgy results in the league, losing, for example, to was it Bielefeld? Yeah, they lost to Bielefeld. No, Bochum, of course. Sorry, Bochum. And um, ah, Villarreal. Um, that was definitely not um, one of their highest moments in the club's history. So I think they will see this as an opportunity to set some things right. And yeah, what a better way to kind of appease your fan base by stumping out your arch nemesis on a domestic level in your own stadium to celebrate the championship. I mean, if I would be a player, that would definitely get me more excited than the other way around, which is probably also why I'm a little worried about this game. And to make matters worse, of course there is a bunch of players missing. And I'm not just talking about our usual suspects. Witzel is uh, questionable or out again after making his return and actually scoring against Wolfsburg. Wolf questionable, Zagadou questionable, definitely out is Mats Hummels, Moda Hood, Donny Marlin, Meunier, and then Reyna again. Um, as you probably um, know, or maybe you didn't realize that Gio Reyna actually came back. He was back on the pitch and then he got subbed off in tears uh, two weeks ago against Stuttgart. And again, he's out and he's out for the season with a hamstring in injury. So um, get better, Gio tough break but yeah if you didn't follow super closely and you think he was still out and you actually haven't missed much and um the biggest miss and a new name on the list is Gregor Kobel and despite us eating goals like it's candy Kobel actually has played a very very decent debut season for Borussia Dortmund in my opinion and he's much better than the goal against record uh, indicates which also means that there's more strain on our defense which is not necessarily the game that I would like that to happen I mean you never want an injury to um, your players let alone your starting personnel but um, in a game like this where everybody will be watching around the world and Bayern definitely having more of a top-heavy approach in terms of their quality right now. Having Kobel out definitely sucks. And just another reason why I'm only semi-excited about this game. So that kind of blows. Um, again, also blows that Gio is out after that Stuttgart game. And by the way, um, in, during that Stuttgart game or before that Stuttgart game, some fans, quote-unquote, of uh, VfB Stuttgart attacked um, a deaf Borussia Dortmund fan from the deaf Borussia Dortmund fan club. How messed up do you have to be to beat up on a handicapped person that is just trying to find their way? They were looking um, to get into the fan section, into the away section, I think. Um, at least that's what I heard. And they were carrying their banner. So... That was enough to rile up the ultras. And brave as they were, the Stuttgart ultras, they came for, I think it was two 
Um, yeah, two Dortmund fans, one of them deaf, as I said, from the deaf Borussia Dortmund fan club and beat them up. Fabulous, really. Strong showing, Stuttgart. Very nice. Um, Jesus. Again, um, I hope the fan is better. And, you know, shout out to the first deaf Borussia Dortmund fan club. You know, I think what you're doing is great. And I think um, it just speaks volumes um, to the club that we have. Um, fans from all walks of life and um, yeah I hope they're doing better and um, I hope they will be coming out to games again in the future and you know I'm looking forward to see their banner hang again home and away but anyway um, I digressed a little getting back to the Bayern game which yeah I guess I didn't even want to talk about too much I guess another thing that I'm just kind of expecting is, you know, players coming out with a similar lack of clear orientation or goal. Obviously, you want to win. They're pros. But that's just saying like, oh, I, you know, would like to earn more money or go on vacation. That's not really something to inspire you, you know, to rally the troops. That should be a given. The more likely scenario for me is some BS in the neighborhood of we will play our game. What the hell does that even mean, play our game? If you would be a management major and that would be sort of your your, your strategy or your tactic, play our game, I'd kick you out of the room. I'd kick, you know, shut off your presentation. Goals should be smart. And if you don't know what that means... Maybe you want to look it up, but um, measurable is one of the key attributes here. What? How is player game measurable? It should be, we want to be, I don't know, in this section of the court. Or we want to keep someone to a limit of X touches. Or we will try to um, create set pieces. Or make so and so many crosses. Or um, have a certain amount of possession. Goals are actually measurable and smart, you know, however that translate. Playing our game is just the equivalent um, mindset of, yeah, like I said, winning or just going to work. Dude, that's your job. That's not going to cut it in general and especially in a game like this. And it, it's just one of these modern soccer um, generic quotes that um, players like to say because it really doesn't mean anything. Um, it sounds a little smart, sounds better than just saying nothing or uh, um, but really it doesn't mean jack. It means you're just sort of playing around. Play my game. Yeah, no, you should be about, I want to run more than I did last game because that's what it's going to take. Or I am going to try to win X amount of my challenges or go into more challenges than I usually do. If my season averages is four tackles, maybe I'll try to go for six. Um, something like that. Something that just makes a little more sense than this like um, play our game because it just kind of like means, yeah, we'll come on the pitch and then we'll wait and see. We'll play the ball around in the back or maybe we'll you know, run forward a little bit. But that never really works in my opinion because whenever there's a change in the game, for example, when we fall behind or whatever, this player or game BS just never works because what is your game actually? You don't know. And then all of a sudden you, you think you play your game, you're behind and then everything falls apart. So, yeah, I hope I really do. And I mean, 
obviously there will be a bit more depth and detail, but this kind of mindset of just playing our game, just one of those things that, I don't know, I can't really do much with. Like, I'd rather them say nothing or say something of, look, we want to win or we want to avoid, you know, go on record and say, we do not want Bayern Munich to celebrate. We will do what it takes and whatever that is to at least get a tie. That might bite you in the ass, but at the very least, it sets the level of expectation a little higher and it makes it a little more concrete, which in a season that seems so listless at times, I think is necessary. Okay, I rambled and ranted enough about the Classica. Um, let's see how it pans out. Maybe we'll just have a look around and see what else was going on. For example, Borussia Dortmund will play a charity match against Dynamo Kiev um, on the 26th. And it will be live on German TV and the proceeds will uh, go to relieve the stress of war uh, for Ukraine and Ukrainian refugees, as far as I know, which I think a great um, initiative. And yeah, go on the website, um, check it out. I'm sure there will probably also be a link to donate even more if you want to. It's definitely a decent cause, and I'm you know grateful and happy that Dortmund does something like that and supports Kiev, who I think have been playing a bunch of friendlies. I think they were in Poland to play one there, um, just to raise awareness and money and. Um, seeing the atrocities uh, happening in the war and the millions of people fleeing their homes, I think um, that's the least, uh, you know, soccer can do. And I'm happy that Borussia Dortmund is getting involved again. Um, a little less, yeah, sad note. Actually, a very, very, very happy note. Uh, quite a contrast. Um, the Borussia Dortmund under-19 team are West German champions again. They beat... Uh, VFL Bochum 3-0 and now they're semi-final bound so how it works in Germany is that um, with these youth teams they don't play all in one giant domestic league they have different um, regions so Borussia Dortmund won the West but since the West has historically been pretty good they automatically advance to the Nationals so to speak to the final four so Borussia Dortmund is final four bound again which is great, and the team, the under-19 is obviously very, very talented, um, as we've seen, um, you know, in the game against Bochum, uh, sorry, in the game against Wolfsburg, of course, and um, I'll talk about that in a second, so that's definitely something, you know, in terms of the future that makes me very hopeful. And I'm just going to bounce between good and bad news, or maybe that's both, depending on where you stand on. But Borussia Dortmund also has let go of um, their physiotherapist um, or the contract runs out at the end of the season. He's been with Borussia Dortmund for, I think, 11 years, so quite a while. Um, must have been joining under Klopp then, actually, and still experienced the highest of high times then. Um, obviously, there's an issue with injuries. Now, I can't really tell if that's um, you know, the fault of the physio or of the team that is working there. It certainly is within uh, his realm of responsibility. But I don't know if I would go so far and say, you know, it's good riddance, it was his fault. Um, 
I will say it might be after 11 years a good opportunity to try something new, bring in some fresh ideas that can never hurt. Um, so let's hope we can get our medical department um, better yet, you know, improve it more, add more expertise across all the issues that we've been having and that we see less injuries and more of our actual players in the future. So that would be great. Um, what else? Marco Rose met with the Ultras a couple of weeks back. Yeah, he sat down with the BVB Ultras and just talked with them about the club, about, you know, their concerns, uh, the support, this, that. I mean, obviously, these kind of conversations remain pretty clandestine as they should. Um, so people can speak openly. And uh, I think it's a good move. I think it's important that there is a you know, an exchange between the active fan scene and the team. Um, and it's one of those things where I think like, you know, good on Rose, good that he does something like that. I don't know how regular first team coaches, especially as a club, at a club as Borussia Dortmund is big, where you quite certainly have a lot on your plate, would do that. Um, and yeah, just makes me wonder still, with moments like this, do you stick with Marco Rose and just sort out some of the underperforming players, which we surely had because we have been underperforming all season and somebody has to be the underperformer? Um, or is he part of the problem? Is he part of the solution or is he part of the problem? And it's really, really hard to tell. Um, and it's also hard to tell if he warrants the faith to stick it out with him, bring in a bunch of new players that apparently fit his system or his ideas a little better. And you won't really know until you try, which kind of sucks and which makes Aki Watzke, Sebastian Kills, and Sorg's job so hard. I know all the um, you know experts at home and on Twitter always know everything better, but in real life, you usually don't have um, this type of clairvoyant... A skill so you need to make an assessment and then if there is human um, you know interactions as well involved personal and sympathetic sort of like relationships as you hopefully have because that would be pretty awful if they couldn't stand each other I don't think you could work well together <sighs> so tough one tough one I am uncertain and maybe we'll discuss this a little more at length at the end of the season when it's all said and done in a couple of games. Um, but yeah, for me, the verdict is still out and I'm at least wondering if we should move on. I'm pretty sure we will. Um, the Champions League is safe. That's maybe again on a good note. Borussia Dortmund is completely safe in the Champions League because um, I think Freiburg and Leverkusen play each other on the final match day. So they will take points off each other, which means we have qualified. And that's an achievement. Um, it's the minimum goal, but it's still an achievement considering we've also almost fallen short a few times over the last couple of years. Securing it five match days before the end is commendable. Um, but yeah, it still is the question, is it enough? And not the champ qualifying for Champions League is not enough, but have we done enough with the means that there were available? And um, I'm not sure about that. So, but again, it's always e easy to 
make those calls at hindsight. It's difficult to make them in advance. Um, at the beginning of the season, last season, when all the coaches swept around, I think people would have expected a lot of things to go different. Um, who would have thought that Glasner won the coaching carousel? I, th I think he won the coaching carousel, even though Frankfurt is in the middle of the pack right now. But what he's been doing in the Europa League and um, kicking out Barcelona and the way they did it, and now being in the semifinal and having a real shot at winning the Europa League, which actually means something to Frankfurt, as it should, is astonishing. I mean, I think for Frankfurt fans, that's probably a once-in-a-lifetime moment he has delivered the season. And you can tell. You can tell the excitement with the players, with the club, with the fans. And Glasner said it himself, post-match uh, Barcelona. You know, those are the moments that makes sport sport. That's what makes sport special. That's something you can only experience when working in sports, working in soccer. And boy, did they, you know, make a meal of it. So who would have thought that, you know, him leaving Wolfsburg, who are now fighting relegation, um, was actually the right thing to do. And even though Frankfurt also have quite a few issues, especially at home, I think they pale in comparison to what they did in Europe, in particular against Barcelona. And if they can keep up that mentality and that hunger, they can also get it done against West Ham. And yeah, go to the final and win the damn thing. So good on him. Medium on Rosa. Pretty not so good on Hütter, I would say. Um, so yeah, again, um, who would have known in the beginning that it would pan out this way. And since I just mentioned Wolfsburg, just reminds me, during the Wolfsburg game, the hammering, Marco Reus scored his 100th and 101st Bundesliga assist. Another milestone for Reus here. 101 assists in the Bundesliga is pretty rare air. Only four players in the history of the league have recorded more than 100 assists in the Bundesliga. Next up, another Dortmund great, Andreas Möller with 109 assists. And then there's Franck Ribéry. And at the top, in very, very rare, uh, with an impressive 186 and counting assists, Thomas Müller. So, still quite an accomplishment for Marco. Um, and he will keep on raking in these records as he's bound to, I think, extend his contract as well. I've heard those rumors and I'm pretty sure um, that will be more formality. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's deserved and I would love nothing less than seeing Marco Reus lift the trophy as captain with Borussia Dortmund before it's all said and done. That would be fantastic. I really, really, really want him to win. I really want us to experience that together. Um, but yeah, maybe back to the Wolfsburg game. I think it was a decent game. Um, but let's not you know, get ahead of ourselves. It was against a completely hapless side. It was a little bit like the Gladbach game in a way. Uh, the result was maybe a tad too high. Because if Kobel doesn't scratch, I think, the Miecha shot off the line... That game might go in a completely different way. We go down again in the first couple of minutes. And that full stadium all of a sudden becomes baggage to the players. They get 
antsy, you know, fall off their player game plan. And, you know, it goes the other way. But luckily we had Kobel, and again, that's why I'm a little less optimistic for the Bayern game, where we don't have Kobel, but here we had him. He scratched off the line, and then Borussia Dortmund unleashed um, a fantastic 15 minutes against, uh, yeah, a club that really is not fighting anymore. And you wonder why, because they are actually in dire straits, threatening to be relegated. And why am I saying they're not fighting? Well... They didn't even run 100 kilometers as a team. Usually, I think the average for a Bundesliga team should be like 100, 110 or something like that. Under 100 is just awful. That's that's like historically bad. I think I read somewhere that no Wolfsburg team, with, even with less players, even with 10 players, has run less since this uh, statistic has been raised in the Bundesliga. That's crazy. So you're doing less work than teams with 10 or 9 players. Why are you getting slaughtered? Like, how the heck is that possible? Like, again, players, you know, you would assume that they all want to win and put their effort and they're all into it. But they don't. They just don't. I mean, you see it on the pitch when you watch these games. And Castells, who's usually a decent goalie, looked completely out of it a couple of times just... Didn't know what to do. Had no control of his box. Well, if you do it like that, then scoring you know, a bunch of goals becomes relatively easy. All you need is someone to open the Pandora's box. And this honor belonged to Tom Rother, who celebrated his Bundesliga starting debut. And by scoring, after a nice set piece, became the youngest debutant to score in the Bundesliga history. Mind you, he's not the youngest goal scorer ever. That honor still belongs to, you know, our very own Yusufa Mokuku, but he's the youngest debutant that um, scored on his first game in the league. And at the end of the game, uh, Borussia Dortmund had three 17-year-olds on the pitch, which is also a Bundesliga novum, which has never been before. And I think Rother actually had left the pitch at then. So there are some exciting young fellas coming up. And we talked about the under-19 team obviously winning the West. So yes, there's some exciting talent in the pipeline. That's great. And it just shows that Borussia Dortmund keeps on producing these young goal scorers. With Rother now, who's in fourth just behind Nuri Schein, Another Dortmund legend and third, and like I just mentioned, Yusufa Mokuku and number one. Borussia Dortmund has three players in a top five and six in the top ten. And if you're wondering now who are the other three players, I give you a little hint. One is Captain America, who you may remember in black and yellow and maybe the reason you're actually listening to this podcast. Of course, Christian Pulisic at number eight and number nine, Lars Ricken and number ten. Ibrahim Tanko, part of the baby forward duo um, with Lars Ricken in the 90s, the baby storm. So at this rate, it's not a coincidence. It shows that Borussia Dortmund doesn't just sub on youngsters for show or just, you know, for a few minutes. They actually give them an opportunity to contribute on the highest level, which also means in order to be a young step Borussia Dortmund, you have to be pretty freaking decent. I just think it's a great attribute of the club 
um, a great part of our DNA. And I'm just looking forward to the new talent and hope they can make more inroads in the final games of the season. And maybe even in the game against Bayern. Um, why not? Why not bring on you know, Gittens or Zemic or, or a more established youngster, Yusuf Makuku? There's a better best case scenario there than the other way around. They have more to win than to lose. If we field a bunch of rookies and they don't fare so well, well, guess what? They're 17. They, you know, are allowed to make a few mistakes. And we've got hammered by Bayern with, you know, pretty much our A team in the last couple of years. So even if it's a two or three nil, that wouldn't be the end of the world. But they might actually have you know, something to hold on, some experience, some just valuable high-stake match experience that you just cannot recreate in practice or in the youth Champions League or whatever. So, shoot, I'm all for it. I mean, I don't want to necessarily bring out uh, under 15-year-olds, but, you know, give a few more youngsters a chance to show something and who knows? They might actually just bring that energy that we need to sustain and get a result in Munich. So I'm all for it. Let's see what they can do. I'm always, um, you know, up for Muki as well, even though he still, yeah, has issues and sometimes gets caught offside too many times or, you know, has problems making runs and, and, and you know, in the combinations and such. But he always brings energy he he brings a certain dynamic that we are lacking otherwise when we're playing with guys like Royce and Brunt up there who are just sort of straddling around. And you can see it with freaking Ansgar Knauf um, in Frankfurt, what it means if somebody that's young is kind of like let off the leash. Um, they can reach unbeknown heights for them and for the club. So again, let some of the youngsters roam free in Munich. I'm game even if it means we lose. If they play well, if they put in a decent effort and if they can maybe at least score a goal or get some um, you know, valuable experience, I'm all for it. And I mean, yeah, since we're speaking of Bayern right now um, and Frankfurt a second ago, Bayern losing to Villarreal and Frankfurt ousting Barcelona is also a friendly reminder to clubs like Borussia Dortmund and Bundesliga clubs in general that 50 plus one might not be the sole problem or the problem at all at their mediocre showing in Europe. Because if anything, it means that Dortmund can also kick out a team like Manchester City, for example, which we came awfully close to last year. But the thing is, you actually have to believe it. You have to believe it. And not like believing, oh, we're better and it's, you know, it's, to walk in a park. No, but you have to be willing to take that chance. Frankfurt went to Barcelona, respecting Barcelona, preparing for Barcelona, but also not being scared of Barcelona. They knew what they did well, what they could do, and they attacked them relentlessly. They didn't were trying to leave something, you know, in the tank for later, which showed on the weekend where they lost again. They were willing to leave it all out there. And that's what you need to do in these big games. And Bayern didn't do this, didn't want to do that either. They thought they could cruise in Villarreal and then got lucky that they only lost by one goal. And then at home again, you know, they just so sort of like went through their motions just very, very slowly up in the ante and it was too little too late. And 
that's not how you're going to get it done. Even at this level, even to get clubs um, that have only a fraction of the money that you have. And again, I've said it a bunch of times. If you look at Europa League, for example, even teams like Hertha BSC back in the days or Eintracht Frankfurt, um, well, they're obviously doing well. But Bayer Leverkusen, for example, they're playing and struggling to get results against, you know, teams that have a fifth of their budget, a tenth of their budget. Bodo Glimt versus Roma was another one of those things. So it's possible, but... Again, you need a plan, you need belief, and you need people to buy into it, and you need the right personal. And apparently, we don't have that together right now, which sucks. What does that mean for Saturday? Well, we will see. Um, let's find out. I'm not necessarily about celebrating Bayern not winning. That's not my aim here. I'm more about hoping Borussia Dortmund does their best and Bayern does their worst. Um Obviously, I'm not super keen on watching that happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happens after this season where we've seen the team so often fall short in the moments of truth against, again, opponents that they should dominate, um, like San Pauli and even the Rangers. I'm pretty sure the Rangers does not have the payroll that Borussia Dortmund have, but they had the belief, they had the support, and they had a plan, and they followed it to a T. But if worse comes to worse and um, Bayern Munich celebrates their 10th league championship in a row after the match on Saturday, well, then maybe that's the final wake-up call for some on the pitch and off the pitch in the front office. Because sometimes these blows straight to the face that hurt the most are the best life lessons and the ones that can motivate you more than um, yeah, some of the hidden blows. Thank you for tuning in again to Believe in Borussia. If you like our content, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, add us to your subscription list. And until next time, a black and yellow shout out across America. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.